radio can be that powerful. So never underestimate that one person listening, right? Like, yeah, the work that you're doing matters, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm Dennis Mahato, amateur radio call sign AD6DM, and this is the Hamdom Thoughts Podcast. This is a podcast about amateur radio, prepping, software, and tinkering. In t- today's episode, we get to talk with Anime, also known on YouTube as Wild Cascadia Radio. Anime is a pretty active ham in the ra- ham radio community constantly encouraging and participating in the conversations. She hails from the Pacific Northwest and is an avid tinkerer. Let's get to know her more today on episode 58. Stay tuned. Hey, Anime. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hello. Good morning. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. It is nice and chilly over here. I actually have the window open. I don't know why. I guess I wanted some air in this room, but it is very cold. Um, I think it's somewhere around uh, 60 degrees, which is cold for a Californian. I know all my listeners who are elsewhere are probably laughing at that. How is it up there where you're at? Being from the Pacific Northwest, it's holding true that if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. Uh, We've also been experiencing some volatility. We have a thin plastic awning over our back porch, and there was this flash hailstorm a couple of days ago that poked little holes into the plastic. It was pretty intense. And then six, seven minutes later, it was beautiful and sunshiny out. So Pacific Northwest weather. Yeah, you betcha. Wow. Sounds like training. Absolutely. You, you just get plastered with all the different kinds of weather, ready for anything. Well, it's kind, of, it's kind of like our environment. Within an hour's drive, you can get to the coast or up to a, a rainforest or over to the eastern part of the state. You've got desert. So, yeah, a little bit for everybody, yeah? Yeah, okay. Well, um, as I said in my intro, you're, you're, you've been a constant presence on YouTube, I first noticed you in the live chats, the live stream chats. And uh, I was like, who is this person? (laughs) Who is this anime? You know, what is the, is that really a name or, you know, anemone or anime? I I wasn't sure if that was a real account. And then, you know, over time you, you kind of won everyone's hearts over because you're just always there. You're always encouraging. You're always um, actively chatting with us and, and, contributing to the the streams and the premieres and so um thanks for coming on the show i really wanted to talk with you i met you at pacific on so i was like yes this is a real person <laughs> yeah and, that's, that's i'm sorry, sorry go, go ahead, ahead. <laughs> yeah i just wanted to uh have you on have uh you know the listeners of hamdom thoughts just uh, get to know a little bit more about you so why don't you tell us about yourself well, Dennis, you're right on the money with that. I, uh, you've alluded to my style. I have a tendency to hang into the background and 
and and up in the treetops i've 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 got a, a vibe of like an ewok that is originally where i'm from is the the woods behind evergreen state college in the pacific northwest and i've always kind of hung in the background and checked out the scene a little bit um but i've i've felt so welcomed by the ham radio community specifically that over time i have built up confidence and and engaged in the community which is one of the reasons that I have, uh, highly suggest not just radio, but amateur radio specifically. So yeah. you, you've picked up on that for sure. The, the community drew me out. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you, you know, you're definitely a, a missed presence if you're not in the chat Aww. and <laughs> whenever I join in, I, I am like, I'm always late to these live streams, by the way. I always get the notification late or I'll be in a meeting, you know, for work or something. And so it will, I'll always be like, you know, it's, it's going to be an hour and a half. And at the 79th minute, I'll be like, Hey, I'm first, I'm here. And everyone's closing up. But, um, yeah, I do see there's a lot, there's a lot of banter. That's what I like a lot about live chats is that even despite the topic at hand, it's kind of like, you walked into a clubhouse meeting and uh, everyone's like, Hey, how's it going? That's and, a really great way to describe our community though, because yeah. some of these people have been in radio since the very first day. I, on the other hand, I'm showing up. I feels like a little bit late. Uh, I've only been into the ham radio community in live chats and trying to get information from the YouTube environment for say two or three years. Yeah. And so yeah. the and the kindness that I was shown where now I look back on some of the questions that I was asking say a year ago and boy, I've come a long way. Um but nobody ever makes you feel like you're behind, which I think is really and I'm also very new just speaking from the perspective of someone that hasn't been in computers for very long. Mm -hmm. I'm also very new to the YouTube environment. Yeah. Which has been um, what there was someone on one of the streams that phrased it really well. I think they said it's like trying to take a small sip from a fire truck hose. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and so yeah. the 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 kindness shown that it was never overwhelming because I was forced with so much information all at once. People kind of allow you the space to discover which aspect you're interested in, which I think is really powerful. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I would say that I'm pretty new to YouTube myself. I mean, I, I tried my hand at making a few videos and I would say that for most, like maybe from 2018, 2017, perhaps, I mean, there were people who have been doing it for a long time, but I think the, the surge really happened right around 2018, 2019. And then, People started getting into the flow and understanding what they wanted to produce in YouTube. And that's when the live streams, streams started happening. The discords started happening and a lot of interaction from there. Um, but I would say I, I, I did. I remember maybe mid 2018, I would I would be uh, just so elated and excited to see my own live chat text pop up on on hosh nasi's uh stream i'm like hey i'm on the video <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
<laughs> you and me both, man. And when like, they do Whoa. the shout outs, you're like, you said my name. Yeah, it was kind of like, you know, because I used to watch uh, Dead Mouse on his Twitch streams and sometimes he would acknowledge a fan. And that was a big deal, you know, it was like, hey, you know, and he'd say the username or something like that, or he'd say hi back or something like that. We're like, Absolutely. Whoa. I remember one of your previous uh, <laughs> Hamdom Thoughts podcasts I was listening to. I was totally connecting with you when you said that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, so it was a little bit of that, a little starstruck when I started out. But now it's just kind of like a clubhouse. You know, you walk in and, and everyone's... Uh, Everyone's going full speed. I'm always late, so I'm always catching up on what the heck is is happening. And then <laughs> I'll get I'll, I'll always get a high from you if you're there, which is very uh, welcoming and very encouraging. And then, um, yeah, just seeing what the topic is at hand. And and the the the, the thing about that at first, like maybe a couple months ago, I was thinking about how there is really an inundation right now of of daily content, daily YouTube videos, either premieres or, you know, scheduled streams. And I was starting to get, I feel a little bit like FOMO, like I, I'm not getting all of this. And, and, uh, you know, I'd be missing whole weeks sometimes due to work or whatever. But, you know, I felt like what you kind of like what you were talking about, where there, it's just, oh, so many different things in ham radio that, Yes, there there is plenty to talk about all the time, and whatever path you're taking, uh, you'll find something. You'll find a bunch of hams that are also supporting that, and you know, sharing that journey. Like right now, I'm kind of on a parallel track with uh, Tech Prepper. Um, we're we're getting into packet radio in the field, and so that's been my latest excitement. Ooh, I'm looking forward to you giving us some content on that. Down at my uh, community radio station that I volunteer at, we have a, we run a club call sign, and some mm -hmm. of the ladies are into packet. I haven't had a chance to learn anything about it, though. Um, I'm very much looking forward to that. And like what you were saying just a moment ago about the, the tranches of information and how we sometimes feel like that fear of missing out, it seems to me like we all meet at the end of the week during one of the live streams and we kind of check in, but then during the week, everyone kind of veers off into the, you know, some people are into packet radio, so they'll dig in deep and watch back channel content on that. Or like uh, the other day during the ham radio clubhouse live stream, they were talking satellites and feeling very inspired about satellites. And so now I'm going to want to look into that. But then on Thursdays, coffee and ham radios channel, um, and then sometimes the uh, temporarily offline channel and sometimes on ham radio, dude, they're doing the FT8 off. Oh, so yeah, now, although yeah. I'm very new to computers, <laughs> I'm also wanting to veer into that direction. And how do I, what is this cable do? And, and then backing yeah. off where there's some aspects of the ham radio community that, you know, I'm very interested in. And we, we touched on it a little bit at Pacificon is the kit building. Yes. I got a chance to meet Joe Eisenberg, um, and he's on the Ham Nations. They're mm -hmm. they're not just a pot radio format. They're on Ham Radio Crash Courses channel. Uh, I can't remember the day. Once a week, once a, every two weeks. Yeah, that's Wednesdays, I believe. Wednesday evenings. Yeah, so there is such a wide variety of content. Not a single person could cover all of it. 
So it does take a community. And that's what's so fascinating about this radio in a video format is that maybe there's someone like me back in 2016, 2017, when I was very first interested in moving forward with getting a phone and finding out how to use YouTube. And because everyone was always telling me, you've got to have a channel because I'm a, um, I have a lot of experience with survival skills and not bushcrafting mm-hmm. um, and not prepping, but like a deep homesteading survivalist yeah. type of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was what my channel originally was, was me doing more of um, deep homesteading type of videos. And then one of the people that I met through the YouTube environment, a nice person, a man named Sheepdog Patriot, shout out, um, sent me to Baofeng Radios. Ah, okay. Um, And then I got to experience (laughs) with my hands what it's like to not be able to program them from the front panel. Oh, yeah. uh, As easily. And that forced me, not forced, I was allowed to. My, my mind was able to grasp the concept, the need for a club, a close-in club. So through the internet and people all over the country led me to my local club, which is kind of seems backwards, toroidal. It went into itself. Mm, okay. um, <laughs> all things I'm very fascinated in. <laughs> yeah. So along those lines, I mean, I, I kind of sense there is a depth of knowledge there that is, is if you think about Venn diagrams, there's ham radio, it's a little circle. Well, it's a big circle. But then for you, your intersection with that is all this other stuff dealing with like the, the homesteading that you're talking about. I, I just kind of get a feel that there's there's a lot more that led you to this path where you are now just intersecting with ham radio. Um, Absolutely well said. And the third part of that Venn diagram would have to be the audio of music oh, okay. At, with the, the vibe of uh, the community radio station, the college okay. station that led me to the big community radio station. Totally. Yeah. So why don't you tell us, you know, your background, what you do or what you did, what interests you? And, uh, oh, okay. So this is my chance to tell everybody all the stuff. Yes. I was a, a toe-headed kid with a Fisher-Price boombox. Nice. Um, and I love to sing. I did <laughs> choir as a kid in church and then later in high school. And then after high school, I did a program called Running Start where I was a college student for my junior and senior year of high school. So I was out there early. I was I was doing the adultish, adulty thing at like 14 or 15. In that environment, I also was found myself in the drum circles at Rainbow Gatherings and DJing at, at college parties. And, you know, you throw $5 at the door to pay rent. Um, and then that I met many people, um, no name dropping. We went on tour traveling, um, but traveling for me taught me about the economy of the weight and size and the ease of power source and moving, um, in vans and, or traveling uniquely on trails Mm -hmm. It gets even smaller, kind of like Adam, but for audio equipment, how do you throw a dance party in the woods if you have to hike in? Yeah. yeah. You know, (laughs) Uh, the Autonomous Mutant Festival, shout out. Um, And um, being so desperately poor teaches you to be a hard kind of smart. And I am. So when I became a mom, um, that was the transition to the, the doing for others also. You know, like you always think that you have that kind of carrying capacity to do for others. And 
for me anyways, until I became a mom. That really clarified it for me. Mm-hmm. So I got very involved in community, not necessarily organizing, but participating, community participation. I got really lucky in that I ended up on the, on the West Coast. And the West Coast, shout out Pacifica Network down in your area, Callie. Um, and then KBOO, Community Radio, up here in the Portland, Oregon area. Very powerful. Um, so that's where I ended up with my first taste of radio specifically, um, participating in making radio. You know, because as a kid in the woods, you've got your headphones on and you hold it up and look for this, the channel that's a different kind of participation. But radio is so powerful. and Oh, I just love it. <laughs> Yeah, there's uh, something that I had heard recently. I can't remember the video where I heard it, but uh, uh, radio is kind of like a, a one-to-one connection. It's a weird medium where, like, for example, YouTube or television, um, it, it's a shared among many people. You know, like, you can you can all, as a family, sit in front of the TV. But um, typically radio is now headphones or you know kind of a personal enjoyment a passive personal enjoyment but at the same time uh like in particular if it's uh someone talking or if it's you know favorites type channel of music it's a very personal experience for the listener and so i was uh i was thinking about that in terms of like okay i guess podcasting falls into that as well kind of a connection (laughs) and uh also just uh you know in general the type of interchange that happens in ham radio it's it's always like it's like that there are others that are passively seeing what's going on but it is a one-to-one connection also for the sender and the receiver as someone fairly new to the ham radio end of things i feel like that's a good way to describe it it's that intimacy of radio and the first thing yeah. it made me think of was, and that's why the mic fright. <laughs> because well, yeah, it's such an intimate too. connection. You don't want to do it wrong. <laughs> I'm speaking for myself, totally. I didn't want to do it wrong. So, I, again, it's reinforcing that habit of mine to, like, hang out in the background and kind of pay attention. And that's the first thing they tell you when you're new to radio is listen. Yeah. Well, it yeah. took me a while to hear what they were saying that I needed to listen. Like, that's how far it and how long it took me it's, yeah, I mean, uh, it took me a good long time, too. When I got my ticket uh, many years ago, I listened. I was listening before I got my ticket, but then even after, when I was permitted to actually be on the bands, it did take me a while to finally key up. I mean, I was doing the rude thing and kerchunking repeaters all the time to test my radio, but oh, no. <laughs> um, without identifying, because I was afraid someone would talk back to me. <laughs> But even after that, when when I would be listening to rag chews and I'd have something to say, I I, I kind of hold back because of that. But yeah, you touched on something there. I got to think about that for a little bit. But the intimacy of radio, there's there's something to it that um, I think once you dive in, though, it's very fulfilling. And I think that's what and a lot God of people, bless nets yeah. for us noobs who are very. Um, nervous let's be honest i was nervous um the net saved me because i could listen to the protocol like before you even know what your prefix and your suffix is they call uh for who to call and i did it wrong the first time Mm, um so mm -hmm. so (laughs) that's how that uh, 
the the wait for the and anybody miss uh, if you're not sure what your suffix or your prefix is or what stage of the net to call. Oh yeah. Um, I've made all of those mistakes. You betcha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right about the nets. I remember when uh, I was having, I was like, I, I want to be part of this net, but I'm not sure when I should jump in. And I mean, it, they just took it in stride. But over time, you know, people are just very accommodating. And now it's getting to the point where I'm considering being a net control because there's a call out from various groups that I'm in. They're like, we need more net control operators. We're tired. <laughs> we need people to help us. <laughs> and so I'm thinking about it. But if I think back to my original self, my original Ham's radio self, it was uh, that would have been a terrifying prospect. But and you were referring. Sorry, go ahead. Well, that just reminds me of contesting too, because a lot of people are afraid to get on get on HF, and like the the first time I had a rag chew. I, I honestly ran out of stuff to talk about after like the first two sentences. You know, I was I was just cha- talking with someone. I said oh, the weather's nice out here, and uh, uh, all right, uh, talk to you later, seven three. You know, I was like, I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't know what else to talk about, but um, I just feel like contesting is a great thing. It, it gives that protocol that you're talking about, and it allows people to participate in the hobby, get comfortable with it. But there is a structure to it so that they, they don't feel like they got to come up with anything <laughs> like impromptu. Exactly. Well, and you were talking earlier about the tech prepper that that man had a video on his experience of doing a net control. And he laid out like he had a script for all of the things. Yeah. So it, it revealed to me, first off, that there are different kinds of nets and some nets are smaller and some nets like the one that he was doing are massive and the st- mm-hmm. like he'll call he called out by power type yeah and then people would check <laughs> in by like i'm on a generator i'm on a windmill and i've i've got the solar panel but then the solar segment was broken into big ass solar and then portable <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a net right there. Wow. But what a review. so clarifying to watch that content that he's, and his content's great. Go check out the tech prepper. Yep. Definitely. He even um, but, asked if he was, he was like, uh, you guys still want to see these videos? Cause I'm, I'm having scheduling troubles and all that. And I'm, I, I put in a comment. I was like, no, don't go away, man. <laughs> You need to oh, stay yeah, I on. Always comment, whatever's <laughs> best for you, as long as you're here in the long run. Yeah. Because sometimes, I mean, I've got two 14-year-old boys who just started high school, so I get it. Stuff comes up. <laughs> no <Wow>. worries. <laughs> Loving you. <laughs> yeah, life life gets real. <laughs> yeah. But when you were talking about contesting, it made me think of one of our club meetings. Shout out Max. Max is amazing. Um, was what the, in the club meeting they had described contesting and then they pulled up this web page that listed uh, it was like a contest calendar but just beside the name of the contest it gives you a script of what the exchange it's called the exchange and that was all new to me because I had heard you know CQ Poda CQ Poda or CQ Soda CQ Soda but then there's like the Busy Bee and then there's this other contest and they expect you to exchange different information. 
that just opened my mind up like, oh, okay. So when they say, listen first, it's not just a polite thing. It's also like, what are, if you want to jump in and be part of this net or this contest, the exchange is very specific to that contest. And it never occurred to me until someone told me. Yeah. So yeah, just contesting isn't just an aggressive way to prove yourself and your abilities with your machine, but it's also like clarifying to yourself that that different styling and then I can apply myself to this different styling and yeah. over here and uh, an operator who's malleable by through the training of contesting, which yeah, I, yeah. what an, I love it. Yeah. There's so a, there's a many, a contest that I have joined in that I had no idea what the contest was. <laughs> I just turn on the radio and then I'd hear a lot of activity and then I would listen for a little while and I'm like, okay, I think I know the exchange format here. I don't know what this is for, but I think I'll jump in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> And then I would do the format. A lot of the time it's digital because I love CW or RIDI or whatever, you know, digital format. And then I would do the exchange and I'd say, you know, whatever it is. Like, for example, it would be like my call sign name and then state, right? And I would just send that through whatever mode I'm using. And they'd say, yeah, okay, you're number 53. And I'd say, well, you're number one. I'm not, I don't even know what, what contest this is. I just say, that you're number me of one. Hayden. <laughs> Hayden over in uh, BK land, I believe. Oh, yes. I wish I knew his call sign off the top of my head. Yeah, they I, do I it by remember. number of years you've been on the contest or anyways. It's so even in, within our United States, they do it differently, but then there's like everyone else in the world. That's also contesting at the same time. He was rocking that Oceana contest. It was mm -hmm. like a 24 hour yes. run. I couldn't believe he, and he won or he, no, he achieved higher than the last year that he had participated as a personal goal. Yeah. Or you, yeah. he had to get like 600 contacts or something, Yeah, <laughs> something wild that, and he totally did it, which I thought was really amazing. Yeah. Hayden but you're talking awesome. digital, right? Yes. That's the next step is for to, I am an Ewok who got her first real cell phone with internet on it around 2016 so i'm very new to the scene mm, i just learned okay. that you know the an android iphone platform and then there's the three computer ones uh the linux the the apple one and then the other one yep and so i have everything but apple <laughs> and linux I got windows and Pi. mac os yes there there it is yes um so in order for to do the ft8 you have to have a computer that will connect to your radio in order to do these digital modes. And I wasn't entirely sure I wanted to spend the thousands of dollars for a computer computer. Yeah. So yeah. I got a Raspberry Pi 400, which is a Pi built into a little keyboard. Mm, and then okay. I got the LaPau screen, mm -hmm. uh, HDMI, it's got the built-in speaker. And that's all you need. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's it. And then... I realized that in order to do the FT8, just like other forms of radio, I'd have to get an antenna. So I got the KM4 ACK kit. Uh, but then, haha, nice. -ha, I had to learn how to solder. Uh -huh. So then I went even farther to the beginning. <laughs> and I got these learn to solder from open source hardware. I got these learn to solder kits that are designed for, let's be honest, they're designed for children. And yeah. that was me. Hey, I have one too. Beginning. Learn the little the little blink kit and the little the wiggly one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the hue that turns it up and down for so I'm learning the names of these electronic parts, 
components and how they communicate with the circuit board. Yep. I'm starting at the very beginning and I'm nearly there. Oh, ring tip sleeve. Yep. That's a thing I didn't know about. Yep. So <laughs> I'm not kidding, guys. I'm starting at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, this is also relatable because so, for me, it's pretty current. It's pretty recent. I mean, now. Yeah, oh, one part I can't forget. You can't flash an SD card to use on a Raspberry Pi with a Raspberry Pi. And ah. so there, I should have pulled it out. I almost want to carry my phone with me. There's a man in the UK that you can write a letter to on, on email. And he will send you in an envelope a three-page how-to printout. And at the bottom is an SD card that he flashes for you with ham pie on it. And he will send it to you for $11. Oh, wow. So um, if you want to later, I would like to. At send least me send that link. I will put it yeah. in the show notes for folks who are uh, also at a similar point where flashing an SD card is, it, it takes a lot. <laughs> Yeah, if you really don't have a computer and you don't want a computer, you just want your cell phone and you want to do FT8, yeah, uh, G90 and this SD card with the... Anyway, sorry. I'm <laughs> it's funny, though, because I think about FT8 and I got into it, I would say, 2017, 2018. Nice. Just getting into the, the connections and the, like the adjustments that you have to make in the software for audio... And all that. I mean, now it's kind of like you build on previous steps. And now it's like almost any digital mode, I can do that. But uh, with regard to the, like the connectivity between all the components and getting the sound card right and getting all the different uh, aspects of the, the radio to not clip your, your audio and all that kind of stuff, that was... It was daunting for me. I'd say it took at least a good six weeks to to really dial that down. <laughs> and now, in retrospect, I'm thinking, oh, well, yeah, I'll just do that. I have this new mode I want to try out. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm on, and I'm testing. But um, it was kind of a barrier for me. And I've heard from some hams that are still wanting to get into it. And they, they're like, well, I, I don't even know what device I need. Well, and we got to shout out the Smoking Ape channel on YouTube because me specifically, I was doing Raspberry Pi plus G90 and mm, mm -hmm. he walks you step by step. Yes. Uh, I think that in the computer, you have to tell it it's a 7200 or, but he, yeah, the Smoking Ape quirks. channel walks you through how to connect the, the, yeah, all of it. So I'm following along, I'm pausing, I'm trying it, I'm playing it, pausing. So, yeah. Wow. Very, uh, one of my favorite things to do is find something that seems impossible and just hit it until I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the radio is perfect for me. And I'll tell you, <laughs> ham radio is that. <laughs> like There's the other many things that I've tried. <laughs> I'd be like, I want to do this. And when I confront like forum posts or documentation, I'd be like, how does this even work? It's crazy. There's so much like nuance and, and, and like adjustment that has, and then powering through it, finally getting it to work. I'm just like, yes, 
Awesome. It's difficult <laughs> enough to stay interested. Yes, that's very true. There's something about the ease of something that kind of discourages it after a bit. Like there's certain areas of um, ham radio that there, there's no barrier to entry there. <laughs> and so I don't use them. Well, I mean, we all have that kind of vibe. Like when somebody walks in the room and they can say they can do CW at like 60 words a minute head copy, you're like, oh my gosh. Um, respect. <laughs> you know how hard that was. <laughs> yeah, I always, oh. I give Charlie a hard time, NJ7V, Red Summit RF. Uh, oh, Red and Wifey, they yes. get out, dude. They are, yeah. he was Shout my out. first guest on Ham, uh, Hamden Thoughts and... The guy is just so good at CW. I always give him a hard time. I'm like, look at the master at work, you know? And Well, he's so down to earth though, right? Like when yeah. you first meet him, yeah. he's not arrogant at all. So he, you don't know. Yeah. And then when you, and then people whisper, oh, that's God, that's the guy. And you're like, oh, I know somebody that's somebody <laughs> apparently right on. <laughs> yeah. But no, man, that's not easy. Like getting into this. Was it CW Academy, CW Ops? Yes. I start in January. I've been using an app on my Android device called Morse Monster. Mm. Morse Monster is one of those, you listen for the sound, you push the button, and they've kind of gamified it a little bit. But like most games, I learned how to cheat, and now it's easy, and so I have to go to a real class. <laughs> yeah. There's something about CW Ops that it's kind of a, I will say this is a secret of, of going to that class. But I feel like a lot of the participants, they really have to work themselves up to sign up. So by the time CW Ops Academy class, the first level happens, a lot of the people come into it overqualified for that class because they've, they've prepared a lot because it took a lot of nerve and a lot of, you know, courage to, to actually sign up and say, yes, I'm committing to this. So I noticed that in my CW Ops 1 class that I felt like my classmates were just so good. And I was like, oh, man. I am feeling that so hard. <laughs> but that that's, is so that's how people yeah. prepare for it. Because it takes a, there's a level of, you got to get over this hump to be able to say, I want to take this class. So people want to feel like they're not going to totally drag the class down. And so they over-prepare. And then so... I kind of feel like, take it in stride, CW Ops 1 is very, I don't want to say it's not difficult, it is very difficult, but it's not, the pressure that we put on ourselves is probably a lot more than we need <laughs> to be doing, and it, you know, they just want to start getting you used to head copy and being able to distinguish the beginnings of, um, of letter groupings, you know, and, and you know, also understand how to send, which is is fairly fast for that. I felt like CD, CW Ops 2, and that's the only, that's as far as I got, is the second, the intermediate class, is where people come in and they're generally kind of the same operating level, and that's a lot where a lot of learning happens. So for those who are thinking about it, CW Ops, uh, CW Academy, I'm not saying don't prepare, but don't give yourself too much stress about being ready for that class just jump in that is fantastic advice i'm hearing you loud and clear because i did exactly that 
almost exactly how you just described. Your experience is shining on me right now. Like <laughs> I was intimidated. So I studied, studied, studied so that I didn't show up and seem like a total nobody who knew nothing. And then just like you described, everybody else did that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like competing with ourselves first and what's that there's a saying i didn't come up with it don't let the perfect become the enemy of the good right yes yes exactly it's like i want to perfect this stuff before i put it out there so that but that the learning process is starting right where you are yeah. so having heard you say that it's like i i'm not going to put it off any longer i'm just going to go do it right now anyone listening now don't put it off just yeah. right where you are you know there's a lot of fun to be had. And then, you know, I've been building these kits that are CW transmitters. And it's like, if I wanted to build like a legit voice phone SSB transmitter, it would be a lot harder and a lot take a lot longer. Whereas these CW things that I'm making right now, they're kind of like a one-day project. And I, I get to learn a lot of things about, you know, electrical components and how things work and inductances and capacitances and all that kind of stuff you know the winding toroids it's, it's a fun time and i feel like if i wanted to set out to do something a lot more complex like make a digital thing or make a uh, a thing that allows me to talk on a, a poda activation via voice uh, i probably would never do the kit because it's just too complex right Oh, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, a lot of listeners out there probably thinking, no, there's this kit. It's really simple, you know. But I feel like the simplicity of CW, the breaking through all the noise and, and you know, just the the manual weak signal operation, is, is a, there's a lot of advantages to it. So it's just kind of something in my tool belt. I feel like, okay, at least I can understand CW to an extent. And if need be, I can always fall back on that as a communications mode. Well, and just the, my, wrapping my head around the different types of, of radios and how they send their waveforms, CW breaks through obstacles differently than other kinds of waveforms. So, yeah. I mean, it depends on the environment. I'm always thinking, you know, worst case scenario, because Cascadia subduction zone. Um, mm. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of other economic reasons, but like use case, um, what if, you know, debris or something, what if I have to build, like you were saying, have to build it straight off. It's, uh, Joe Eisenberg sent me a kit to build a keyer, oh, yeah, not yeah. a, not a Trent, the machine for, I'm not uh, entirely sure. Yeah. The little yet. straight key thing. I think I have a kit like that from, yeah. from Pacificon as well. But then to be able to put that into the, are you talking about building a radio, like a K2 or something where it's attached or? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's about? to a, a very lesser extent than a K2 or a KX2. It's more like a, it's just a little PCB board that has the, where you plug in the key and it transmits a tone and you pretty much pick a frequency. So I picked like a 40 meter fre frequency for it, but. Uh, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I've. I'm looking forward to this point where I can have a QSO with someone on everything from antenna to transmitter to key. Everything is all made by my hands. 
right? Yeah. Well, who is it? The QRP guys? Yeah. That build kits? Is that who you're working with? The kit? Yes. That's one of the kits I got. I got another one that's called, it's by QRP Labs, which apparently Labs. Yeah, that's is shipped out of Turkey. But that one's a more complex one. It's more finished looking product and uh, highly recommended by folks like uh, Adam K6ARK and Jeff AA6XA. They say that that's a fun little kit. And so uh, it's weird too. Same thing, same theme as the Mike Fright, but uh, in a different flavor where I've been practicing with all these other kits like the QRP guys and, you know, making various different tools that way. But now I have this QCX mini CW transmitter. And I'm like, I, I almost feel like I don't want to start it because I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> yeah. But they're so, I'll get over they're that. so freaking cool looking though, man. You got to, <laughs> even if it's just a photo montage with like background music, I want to see a video on your project. Oh, that okay. sounds awesome. All right. Like People bugging me about videos and I'm really slow to, no to get on that. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> I have, maximum once every three months right now you guys yeah. until the kids are in college it's all you get yeah no promises so let's talk <laughs> about that you do have a youtube channel and um it's not really as as high frequency as all these streamers and and you know youtube folks that we always uh, participate with but i mean the i i in particular i remember one video you did with the uh with the i guess it was a tube and an antenna that you built and it was like a hidden, uh, I forget what you called it. It was a, it was just basically a stealth antenna that you built. And, uh, that was, that was really good. I mean, that video was, I think everyone was commenting on the premiere that that was a really well done video. The spirally loaded copper tape and PVC dipole. Yes. By, uh, John Portune. It was the October, October, 2020. 2020 of QST. Nice. Yeah. So that, that was also my first, uh, everything. That was my first everything project. <laughs> so again, I'm, I made all the mistakes. Um, and, and I learned a lot about my radio through that project. I'm, I was using a five watt handheld. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get into the nets mm -hmm. and you know, I was doing the thing where you walk around in your yard and you, you move over to the North side, try to get a better signal. And someone in my club are, are, um, shout out to Max. Uh, we did it as a project with our ham radio club. Um, and again, kits for the win because you're there with the, everything's here. You need nothing is here that you don't need. So you don't get overwhelmed or confused. And then I got to focus in on, okay, I've got, I, I'm not going to miss any parts and I'm not, not overwhelmed with having to choose what to use really helped focus my mind in. So the, I like kits for that reason. Yeah, yeah, and then from true. that point, you learn about uh, what is SWR in an active mode usable and what is a frequency even and how do you achieve that with a dipole? And so this off-center fed dipole basically and then the aspect of the, if you live in a homeowner's association, you're mm -hmm. not necessarily going to want to draw attention to yourself. So uh, a secondary PVC pipe as a sheath over the antenna spiraled coil 
and made it look like a plant so yeah, that you can yeah. put it in your yard or bolt it to your front porch or whatever. <laughs> that is a really uh, cool it, video. I mean, I, when you were finishing that, that part where it was all hidden, I was like, wow, <laughs> amazing. Well, and, and if, if a person would rather have it look like a bird feeder or something, I mean, it's so versatile. John Portoon knew when he designed this and referring to when we were at Pacificon, that was one major motivation for me to want to go to Pacificon was they had this huge antenna forum on the first day. Oh uh, yeah. It was like workshop after workshop. And then you'd sit and listen to a lecture and John Portoon was there and he described his initial uh, design and motivation for it. And then how it can be modified to be applicable in almost any homeowners association environment where you might need to have something that's a little bit more concealed, like a boss, John Fortune came through. So I, I really enjoyed myself very much. Yeah. Yeah. I have a similar, I don't have a homeowners association, but we do have regulations for this area. And I think antennas towers are prohibited, but I'm getting a little bit more brazen. All of my quote unquote temporary installations are, uh, are getting a little bit more prominent. <laughs> that makes me think of one of the jokes we were telling on one of the live streams. I think it was um, Ham Radio 2.0 on YouTube. He does the the, the live streams, the uh, happy hour. Yeah. And they were saying that as long as it's temporary, so you could buy yourself a truck and then build a rack on the back and then you could have say a tower or whatever i mean it's portable isn't it it's the yes. back of your vehicle it's just an antenna truck what's the big deal yeah <laughs> i'm starting to attach my my mast to things so technically it wouldn't be temporary anymore but uh that's that's my story and i'll stick with it it's temporary <laughs> well and as someone who in her formal education went to college for uh, mechanical engineering type classes I'm always doing that where I'll see it and I'll, I'll be in the hardware store and I'm buying parts already and I'm, I'm building it like this mast problem. And how do I attach it to my truck? And so I've got, you know, like a, a block and pulley. It's, it's steampunk. It's beautiful. It's got brass gears. I mean, give me a break. Oh, I want to build this stuff so bad, mm. but um, you know, like the, the, the designs that are out there on the market right now are out there for a reason. They're very popular for a reason, these telescoping masts and these fiberglass contraptions because they're light as a feather. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So just a reassurance to all of the ham fam out there that there are both ways. If you have a thousand dollars, you can go and buy an easy peasy thousand dollar mask. But if you don't have a thousand dollars, you can dumpster dive a mast. You just put it together yeah. with bubble gum, bailing wire, use yeah, your duct yeah, tape, yeah. girls. I'm saying. I mean, there's. I, I was walking around at Home Depot the other day, <laughs> and I saw a painter's pole that was like 24 feet long or something like that. I think that was how long it was. But I was like, that would be a perfect temporary mast right there. 99 bucks out the door. I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> And but, uh, here's the thing, right? Yeah. The knowledge of antennas. You can't really do that with a Yagi because it's metal. But if it's a dipole, like the 
spirally loaded one, it's got the null in the center. So as we learn more about antennas and people tell you, you can't do that. Well, actually under certain circumstances, you may very well be able to tinker shop your way around that. Yeah. So, so that's a lot of the joy that I'm experiencing these days. And ham radio is just uh, finding those alternate kind of hacks of how Did you to, buy the painter's pole then? No, no, I didn't. But <laughs> I do have, I, I, I visualized something for it. So I may yet get it. <laughs> I have uh, one of those uh, uh, mast holders that you kind of drive your tire over it and it just holds it in place. It's like a tube, a metal tube that yeah. has a flange on the bottom. And then I was thinking maybe a painter's pole in my trunk or something like that would could serve as a quick deploy type temporary mast situation. Oh, if you already have the drive over mast holder, you're way ahead of the game. Yeah. I'm trying to find parts on the side of the road that I could bolt together to make one. Yeah. And that's where I am. I've like <laughs> bolted my mast to my truck, but it would be nice to have something like they've got those, those clicking uh, gear winders that you pull like a slow come along and yeah, i'm thinking yeah. i gotta get like a mast hinge for a sailboat and put the mast hinge at the bottom and then the hoist it up with the thing yeah i'm looking for parts but i am the type like on the desk i'm at right now used to be a dresser and then i just took everything the guts out and now it's a standing desk i put some casters on the bottom Oh, nice so we make it happen no worries yeah <laughs> It's just, it takes a little, a bit of imagination to just like reconfigure things or, you know, as, as you're saying, bolt things together and make it work. We're returning to the original impetus of ham radio in the very beginning. It was about experimentation Yeah. Uh, before, because there wasn't a store, you could just go buy it. You had to make it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's fascinating. I'm very interested in the experimental spectrum as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a that's that makes me think about some of the bands. Like I know that I w I've been uh, last year. I was messing around with Arden, which is a, kind of a wireless mesh protocol that uh, allows you to connect devices together over just under the Wi-Fi range. But oh, very cool. As hands, is that like Laura? Uh, similar. Um, okay. Laura will use 900 megahertz, I think, whereas uh, Arden typically is like more in the gigahertz range, like 2.4, formerly 3.5, and also 5.8. Like it's it gets up there. So the range is uh, the type of antennas you're using dishes at a certain point. You're not using your typical vertical whips or anything like that. But anyway, we lost 3.5 recently because of lack of activity in it and the commercial space was like hey we like that that range we want to use that for things and uh, fcc kind of took it away from uh, the hams so i'm like the experimental part is extremely important for us to be messing around in well i got 900 locked down they better back off <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah josh nass has been doing the Laura videos and he's talking about mesh tastic and that's certainly an area that I want to check out, see what applications I can, I can do for it. If you're talking a mesh of miles in range versus my, my pathetic two node Arden mesh right now that 
probably has a few hundred meters in range. <laughs> yeah, your two nodes looking down at my no nodes going. <laughs> <laughs> right now, no, basically, my mesh is just uh, a tunnel. It's an internet connected tunnel to to KK four QAM out in uh, out in Alabama, but uh, yeah, that's all it really is because there's like literally no one else around who's using these frequencies, and I feel like we need to get into these experimental frequencies. We need to be using them. Yeah, I know for sure. I will be there sooner than later. Um, it's all about having access to the equipment, though, isn't it? Because once you get your hands on something and you can physically fiddle with it then there's no stopping yeah, yeah having access to that information i mean that's maybe what initially drew me here just as the base reason is having access to that information Bef before you can do anything with it you have to get it um but like you were talking about with the mesh networks the um what was he calling it win not winlink what is it winlink uh hrcc did a the LoRa network meshing, meshtastic, mm -hmm. that's what it was called. Meshtastic, mesh yes. And that's not exactly what I was looking for information-wise, but I ran into that same subject looking for a 915 antenna. Mm -hmm. And that led me to Andreas Space, Space, Space? Andreas Space. <laughs> he has a channel on YouTube mm -hmm. that covers a lot of like the LoRa network type hardware that you would use. I had no idea that you could send emails and stuff with that. I was just trying to extend the range of my silent dance parties, you know, because ah. I've got like maybe a thousand feet and in the woods, it's not that great. So I was looking for a way to get around it. Mm -hmm. And I made like a, in my mind, I made this meshtastic network and then boom, there's, you know, for the last 10 years, people have already been doing it. That's what I love about this yeah, community. Yeah. Fam for the win. Cause yeah. if you, you just assume someone is already doing it, you just have to find them. You know? Yeah. Speaking of ham fam, you have uh, pretty cool stickers that say that ham harder and ham fam and, uh, you know, pretty good brand. I would say I like your, well, that shout like out belongs to uh, Mike K eight MRD about a year ago. I was joking around with him. Hey man, I made you a hat oh, um, yes. thinking that he would be like, yeah, send me one. And that would be the end of it. Uh, and then but it took off. That was not the end of it. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, no, ham fam, it's for everybody. And I was like, but are you sure? So whenever I whenever I have anything on my merch channel, it's faster than the bear.com. Faster than the bear.com is where I keep some merch for the ham fam. 50% nice. of anything that says ham harder goes to Mike. Ah, okay. Um, because fair is fair. Yeah. And then I used to have in my, my decal next to my name on the interwebs, I used to carry a picture of lone wolf and cub, mm -hmm. which is very important to the story of me in my childhood story. Um, so my friend L, shout out L, 1978, um, a truth teller <laughs> of the first order L is. Um, she, we were on a live stream. I've, I've done a couple of, of interviews about prepping with her over the years. And her son walked in and was like, that says a name, mom. It's not anime. And she's like, it's anime. And he's like, it's a name. Anime. That's not how you spell anime. A name. <laughs> <laughs> so forever forward into the future, everybody called me anime because it's an animated, like a, 
a comic book character line yes. drawing. If you're not familiar with Lone Wolf and Cub, everyone out there, it's very violent. Um, so you've been warned. But it's really good. Mm. Classic. <laughs> um, so that's the type of art that I was always into in, in the past. So going back to your channel, um, do you have any plans for it? Or is it as the muse arises? Kind of like me right now with my channel. <laughs> ah, yes. So um, I have a tendency to take a really long time for things that I care about a lot. And it's not so much that I want to perfect it so much as I want to be able to tell the story that I'm trying to tell without leaving anything out. So at first, I mean, I have content that I'm working on. And as soon as I feel like it's done, it's because what I'm working on is the antenna tuning the carry forward from the last um, bit uh, content yes, that I put out. Yes. But what I've discovered in my mind is that I pull out the tuner and I go to tune this antenna, but then I'm like, well, this is a two meter antenna, but so is this one. And so is this one. And what about 10 meters? Cause you're a tech, you can do 10 meters. So now it's a antennas for technicians video, which has mm. kind of developed into this other thing. So what's happening, at least in this very young stage of my, of my channel because I'm making that transition from more prepper, more homesteady type content to radio specifically and, and ham radio specifically. Um, as I'm wrapping my mind around this new concept, I'm seeing it from these different perspectives and, and finding out how I feel about it. And then I have a, I have a feeling that once the ball starts rolling, as they say, um, I'll, I'll be putting out content maybe once a month because I'm very excited about these subjects, but I don't mm -hmm. want to be one of those people who's like, let me tell you all about this product that I just received. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, uh, I'm going to use it for a little while and I'll get back to you. So yeah, that's, um, yeah, yeah. you hear what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be there with everybody so bad. That's why, uh, you know, content we, often. we talked yeah. about, uh, the, the tech prepper. That's what I like about his videos is, uh, you know, he's not just saying, okay, here's, here's something cool. That's new. He's, he's, it's always something that he's actually practiced with a little bit. Same goes for Julian OH8 STN. It's like he, he spends time with what he's trying to do. And so the end no, result, it, it comes out and it's just like, okay, I see now this is, there's something very practical that can be done with this. And it, it I've been inspired so much by the tech prepper just from his deployments. I, I, I almost feel like I'm basically when he puts out a video, I start going on Amazon and just getting all the same stuff that he got. Oh, you do that too? <laughs> Cause he, he that shows how it works cool. and I'm just like, well, that's, I can't think of a better way to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and right to the point, right. Where that's what I would do if I had access to that thing. So it's like, there is something really satisfying about a, an, a, a, one of those unboxing videos. I'm not throwing shade because yeah, when I yeah. can't afford to go get it, I want to, I want to open it up and look and see what's in there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of videos I've watched, uh, from ham radio 2.0 yeah. and, uh, and Hosh, where they talk about something new, but the way they're using it is not what I would do with it. But oh, I'm like, and they oh. have so much experience too, yeah. right? Like and it'd I, be different if I'll I did see it. what they're saying, and I'll be like, oh, that's cool that they're using it that way. But actually, 
I know what I'm going to do with that now that I know about it. And, uh, and then I go off on my own tangent, (laughs) but I've been introduced to so much stuff just through that. So yeah, not to say anything bad about unboxing videos and product reviews. A lot of them I'd say about easily three quarters of the, the reviews, new product reviews, uh, it has no relevance to me. I'll watch them. I'll be like, yeah, that's cool. And then, but it doesn't click something for me that I need to solve. So yeah, people in our on. ham fam don't do content like that. I'm obviously talking about outside of the ham fam because the people in our family love radios. So even if it was something like super vague, you could see in their eyes, like, this is the thing. I got it. You know, I'm holding it. You guys and you're like, I'm yeah. right there with you. Yeah. I want to be holding that box. right now. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> yes. Let me have that. I want that. <laughs> All right. Well, let me see here. I kind of came into this with a script, but um, I, I like where we've gone. So kind of going off script now. Why don't you talk a little bit more about what you wish to get into in ham radio? My goals in ham radio are... Other than like physically building out a cute little ham shack on the back of my truck, which I ran out of time to do this summer. Um, So that's an up and coming springtime. You're going to see me out there with a hammer and and some power tools building out a sheet shack on the back of my truck. Um, Perfect future scenario. You know, the retirement traveler gal sits up on top of the roof of her custom built camper talking on the radio, like in the desert. And there's a sunset in the background having like a Mai Tai or whatever. I don't drink Mai Tais, but (laughs) use your imagination. Yes. A chai tea. (laughs) I really like being in the woods. So I'd like to do some, some hard to get to grid squares. I know there's a couple in Oregon. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to, I mean, you're talking about dream scenario or the next project I'm working on. I'm talking about dream scenario. What do you want to get into in ham radio? When you know, it sounds to me like it's uh, it's it's a very deep integration with all of the things that you enjoy doing currently. Mm-hmm. I'm a dreamer. I've always kind mm. of been that way. Um, there's a quote, um, one of my favorite poets, Aesop Rock: "A dream is what you want to do and still haven't pursued." And I knew what I wanted and I did it until it was done. Mm. Um, That's great. So, so yeah, I love just put more active vernacular than Shakespeare, Aesop Rock. Mm. So, I mean, audio has always been a really big part of my life. And I know that I'm going to be doing that. Now, integrating it into the amateur radio community has been really fascinating for me because it's like you call across the woods and you get people's. Um, information out and in and communicate and but then you draw them in around the bonfire and then there's this other layer of music for me too where I'll always be doing that like putting on silent discos in the woods and feeding people um, with my food truck and you know it's like a movable feast a movable party always wherever I go and, and that's really important to be able to inspire my community and bring people together because with the people walking towards the bonfire there's a doctor you know and there's the vet and and you know, there's our structural engineer and our teacher. Wow. So, you know, building, I can't go to school for all that stuff myself. I just don't have the bandwidth. So we have to build community. I mean, it's all or none. Yeah. 
for from my perspective, I feel really strongly that radio is a way that we can do that. So that's why I fight so hard to maintain all the aspects of radio in my life, uh, community radio and also amateur radio, which I'm very new at. So I really appreciate how powerfully together this community seems to me. Like yeah. there's some other channels and other groups that I've met. Uh, but this is where it's at, you guys. You got to come check it out. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I was just thinking a little bit about the music aspect of of life, and how ham radio is pretty explicit about not broadcasting music <laughs> on the bands. And I was like, totally. I was thinking about that because you know I've always like even before I was a serious ham, I was building those uh, Ramsey Electronics FM transmitters that would broadcast like a quarter watt over the broadcast bands. Yeah. I've got one of the rolls ones too. You bet yeah. you. <laughs> and then I would throw like a, I don't know. I found, I think I found a whip from an old radio and I just kind of put it on the side of my, my eaves outside and strung a wire to that thing. And I was like the neighborhood DJ, even though I, there was no listeners, you know, well, but you don't know if there were any listeners. Yeah, I don't know. I don't actually know. There was one kid who was so <laughs> bored and like all he had was his headphones. That was me growing up in the woods. Yeah, well, my I, best I was tuning was around on the on the spectrum of the broadcast band and I was like, oh, well, there's nothing on 92.9, so I'll take that frequency and then I would broadcast my quarter watt and I'd play a lot of music and then I, every once in a while I'd talk. <laughs> Yeah, that lasted a couple months, and then I realized, okay, there's no feedback here, so uh, it just kind of dropped off. But, uh, you know, there's that, for for those in radio, there's that aspect, and I feel like um, because I can't do that in the ham radio space, I'm, I'm going back to, like, okay, how can I how can I set up another one of those FM transmitters? And part um, 15 says that this is allowable. Now, for anyone listening to this, you have access to a computer because you're listening to a podcast. But say you're out in the woods and, and you don't have a community radio station in your area. You could be that for somebody else, even if it's just you and the intimacy of potentially one person listening. That's how powerful radio is. Yeah. yeah. If you come across this podcast at some point in the future, you can go and get go to, um, I highly recommend Sweetwater. The company's name is Sweetwater. They do a lot of audio for churches. They will hook you up with a Rolls transmitter, 90 bucks out the door um, and just talk or play a song because it's within the, within the allowable use of this machine. Or if you're really an amateur radio spectrum, you could go up to the higher, you know, like 900s. You need a little bit more understanding of how the computer stuff happens, but you can also broadcast legally music in that area of the spectrum. So there's something for everyone. Come on, ham fam, we're with you. We're, you know, whatever it is that you're dreaming about, just share that with us, and we'll reciprocate. Because yes. yes. radio is about that reciprocation, yeah. Yeah. Building community. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, that's. Uh, I, I've always been interested in all aspects, not just necessarily the ham spectrum, but uh, is that spectra? The ham spectra. Oh, Spec I don't spectrums. I'm going to look it up as soon as we're done. But. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> So I've been looking at uh, getting a, a CB radio again. I used to have one. Been looking at. I have a pair of uh, um, Moore's Muir's radios now, and uh, also want to get 
a capable, you know, like a 15 or 20 or 40 watt um, GMRS radio. Still trying to figure out how. But I want all the all the bands, right? I want all the things. I want one of these. <laughs> well, I'm like my partner is is into the off-roading. He's a rip shredder. Uh-huh. So him, him, him and his guys are all CBers. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and it's funny because they're like, you got to come over to the, the FM spectrum now. Never. But they'll be here. <laughs> Just give it times. Some people yeah. take longer than others. But when people see the value of those connections, they're like, oh, that was my idea all along. Yes, it was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and a good idea at that come on <laughs> you know because because so, when when you go out into the woods they're already there yeah so we got to make these connections we got to get more rf out there <laughs> in all its forms but i do know that there are a lot of groups uh i know in the bay area of of northern california as well as in like placer county and and other uh, more remote areas They've really taken to GMRS, and so that's what drives me f- to kind of get into that, be able to to talk with people in those areas uh, with those kind of rigs. Right no now, license the GMRS. I think there is a license. It's just or a paid license. You don't have oh, to right. take any kind of exam. Although um, Smoke and Ape and I always joke about failing the GMRS exam, but there is no exam. <laughs> um, the exam is basically, can you fill out an application and pay us 70 oh, bucks? the fee is the license. Yeah? Yes. The fee is the license. Okay, good, good. But um, That's what I need for my kiddos, I think. Yeah, and it's like one thing. You just get the license, and then it applies to the whole family. So it's pretty cool, but I wish they'd just do away with that and make it more like mirrors where you just, you know, you just get the radio. I mean, the call signs for GMRS are also weird. Uh, my brain's not wired to say them right, so they're they're a little bit strange to me. I don't even remember right now what my call sign is in GMRS. <laughs> Aren't they like hyphenated or something? No, it's just like WQM three eight four nine or something like that. It's just it, it's just a weird. I, I know if I said it more, I would probably memorize it. But as of right now, so I easy to do on CW is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. <laughs> it's a lot of numbers in there and i hate numbers in cw (laughs) so but yeah i i look at the modes that people are using and i try to be able to to you know be on those bands as well so that i uh, you know just uh increase the outreach and then so fm that's a one-sided thing like broadcast fm it just feels to me like i need to get a radio station up again like a a broadcast radio station up again. And again, nothing to do with ham radio, but it is definitely very interesting to me. I could pipe my eccentric music and then every once in a while do a talk show or something like that. (laughs) That's actually a pretty good idea. Maybe, you know, even these recordings, these uh, podcasts, I could do them over the air live so anyone in the immediate area can hear the For me, that's what I, I think that's what's really powerful about radio, though, is like, I remember where I'm from being so desperately poor that, you know, you can't even really afford the radio, but then you've always got something pumping out of it. Like it, the radio saved my life. Wow. So you never know who's listening and where they at, what point they are in their life. If a tragedy just occurred and they just lost everything, 
mm-hmm. but their radio. But they can count on your show being there every week. And so they get there and it's like that one consistency. Yeah. Radio can be that powerful. So never underestimate that one person listening, right? Like yeah. the work that you're doing matters, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So along those lines, uh, I mean, this was a fast hour. Fascinating conversation. Um, oh yeah, was well, that went fast? <laughs> <laughs> Is there well, anything you want to plug? Cool. Is there anything you want to uh, say? Well, give advice about before we close? Um, I just want to give a shout out to a couple of people. That's right. Go for it. I got a shout out: Kathleen Stevenson down at KBU, Teresa and Ani, Janka Soderberg, um, for for being fabulous, beautiful women leaders in the community, radio community. And without you, I would know far less, far, far less. So shout out to Sheepdog Patriot for giving me my first radios and starting me in this direction. Um, Changed my life with that one kindness. So thank you. And Max, Max at our local uh, club, shout out to Max, Um, like a boss, um, behind the scenes, making moves. Much respect. (laughs) wow yeah and it always does start with a community i uh was a solo ham for upwards of 18 years and it was finding first folks on twitter and then folks online discord youtube and all the other media there that the the hobby really took off maybe i don't know maybe my wife doesn't like them because of that <laughs> Are you hanging out with your internet friends again, honey? I get yes. that. <laughs> yes. Are you uh, Are you hamming again? Are you on your conference call on the, on your hams again? Um, that uh, yeah. But I mean, it's 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 definitely become a passion. A lot of areas. A lot of I have. I still have a long list of investigate this right because <laughs> it's. I just don't have the time right now to to deep dive into certain areas, but. Um, yeah, definitely takes a community or even just like you said, that uh, kindness of one person to kick things off in a certain direction. And we do have the best ham fam ever. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to the YouTubers. And uh, yeah, we've mentioned a lot of them here. And definitely uh, please send me the links for for some of these things that you mentioned. Oh, yes. For the man in the uk who will mail you the yes. sd card for the raspberry pi yeah. absolutely i will do that so i will link uh wild cascadia radio youtube on uh the show notes as well as uh i think you're on yeah you're on twitter that as well and uh thank you so much for sitting down with me for this past hour and uh and talking with me dennis you're as kind and sharp in real life as you are on the interwebs it was an honor <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good to know. I, I just, uh, I feel like Hamden Thoughts is stalling right now. And that's really just a side effect of, of schedules in life. I am at a crossroads as well, just like Tech Prepper just recently said with his YouTube channel. And uh, the advice I gave him was to pretty much, my original comment was just post when the spirit moves you. But I don't know. I, I revised that. But it's the same sentiment. It's like when the muse arises. I feel like, you know, the frequency of my podcasts, uh, they're getting a lot more meaningful 
in terms of the discussions we're having, but at the same time, they're kind of dropping off on the frequency. So um, I think that's kind of where it's headed. I'm, I'm not saying that Hamdom Thoughts is going away, but it may become more irregular. <laughs> and hopefully I can still uh, capture the attention of some folks and uh, have them still listening in the future. The first thing that I thought of when you were saying that was it would be because you're a really good facilitator of these communication forums. Roundtable would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then from that, that would be a spark of, you know, oh, and then this direction from the roundtable we talked. Oh, well, remember in roundtable we talked about. So now we're going to spoke off here. What I'm hearing from what you're saying is that it's not so much the content, but the scheduling. Yeah. Because we're in that transition of winter. I mean, my partner's in construction. He's a stonemason. So it's every year, right around November, it just drops off. Mm -hmm. So the first year you're hungry, but next year you got a savings account. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just how it goes. You know, stuff comes up and, and you make moves if you can. But if yeah, not, I mean, you're surrounded by people that love you, man. That's a good here. point. Yeah, now, you, now you got me thinking. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. But uh, maybe even a guest host at one point. Just oh. someone else. Taking well, you have experience in this kind of thing, so I don't know if I could pull that off. <laughs> yeah. I'll be here watching and listening, though. You know I mean. We shall and see. And if not, I'll catch it on Team Replay. Thank you, T.O., for that. Team Replay yeah, is very team helpful. Because then, uh, you know, it's like I wanted to be there, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> That's almost every coffee and ham radios because they always start so early. So that's too on the West Coast for sure. I feel that because yeah. it's early for them. It's I like was laughing that one time that Sean was here in the West Coast, and then he's like, "I get it. I know why they're not on here. It's too early right now." <laughs> when he was hosting, that was pretty satisfying. Hearing that comment made, I was like, "Yes, we've been saying yes." Oh, it was like six in the morning. On a Saturday, that's my sleep-in day. <laughs> so let me get this right. Is it a name? <laughs> Anime? <laughs> On day one, we began as a name, a name. A name. Bear Independent called me Aname, Aname. Aname. And then Marfugal said anime, anime. And yes. then Elle reinforced anime, anime. And then her son said, it's not anime, mom. You're spelling wrong. And she was like, it's anime moving forward. Ah. And so it was. Anime. Anime, anime. Because that's um, what T.O. would say. Hey, anime. <laughs> I, am, I am very fluid and accepting. And if you call me any of those, yes. I will say hello. <laughs> yes. And I answered to Adam. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. Yes. I, that's been attributed to me because of the way my call sign looks. AD6DM. It looks like Adam. So now you've told us before that that was not intentional, right? No, it wasn't. I don't I actually know how I came up with that. It is a vanity call. And in retrospect, it, really? <laughs> it should have been. That makes it even better though. Yeah. It should have been AA6 DM in retrospect, because it's easier to do in CW. But for whatever reason, I picked AD6 DM. And uh, DM being my initials in the last part of that. But yeah, now I'm Adam. 
I love it when our names have stories behind them, though. Like, even if you roll your eyes, like, ah, uh, Dennis, Dennis. <laughs> but it is kind of endearing, like, yeah, we love you. We're going to call yeah. you Adam. We're going to make so you So now when name. I fill out those those <laughs> things and it says, what is your nickname? I just put Adam in there. And I, I've even done that. I've gone to Starbucks or whatever, you know, place, and they'll say, "What for who is this? And I'll say Adam. That's awesome. <laughs> It's easier to say. I've been called Denise or or Janice, you know? I mean, there's so many ways that they're messing up just the name Dennis, which I think is a very simple name. So I just say Adam because it's harder to mess that one up. Gotta make you a teacher. <laughs> Adam, cross it out, Dennis. Dang it. <laughs> you know people do it on purpose now just because they like you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're like, this will make him laugh. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, this is this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for being on. Hopefully, in the future, uh, you'll come back as well. And, Absolutely, uh, you're you're a blast to hang out with men. And at Pacificon, that was so funny. Kept setting the timer and trying to get in front of the camera in time. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was great we were seeing it. We're like, hurry up, hurry up, Sean, hurry up. <laughs> and he's doing something, and then it's like the countdown. <laughs> We've yeah. definitely got to do that again soon. Maybe meet in the middle next time. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a nine hour drive, but I oh, totally wow. worth it. I'm so glad I got to meet you guys. Yeah. We'll see how they all play out. I, I'd like to go to some other hamventions in 2022. We'll see how that works. Anyway, thanks a lot. Anime. See, I almost messed up there again. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you online. Thank you for having me and to all the ships at sea. <laughs> See you. Love you. Bye. Seven, three. <laughs>